0: All right, welcome to our listeners and watchers to another Genesis Church Conversations podcast. Uh, My name is Chris Creech, and I am here with Jeff Stott. And today, um, after Jeff talks about a few other things, we're going to be talking about in our next series, the purposes of the church. And the first one that we're going to be talking about is worship. So I'm going to be talking some about worship today with Jeff over here, but he's got a few things first.
1: Yeah, well, first of all... um... So I don't know if you will be able to hear what's happening behind the scenes over here in my house. I have, uh, some carpenters, they are upstairs removing a wall and building a wall and putting in beams. And so, I mean, they got hammers and saws and everything. And so you might hear a little bit of that. There's an electrician that's also doing some stuff and he's going to be doing some stuff right outside my office door here. So, uh, if you hear some activity, that's uh, probably what it is. So, um, number two. All right. So uh, I'm I've got my phone here, and I am at the uh, I'm on Spotify, and I'm at the conversations with Genesis Church, and so I have it saved to my favorites because uh, you know I like to. not, I can't say that. I don't like listening to myself, but I, I do that, listen. You know, I do listen yeah. to it. So. Um, and uh some of the things that other podcasts that we've had, the latest one uh was dealing with your past with Kate Shaw. And we just deal, you know, we just Kate and I talked about how to deal with sin in your past that you did, or even dealing with people who have hurt you in some way. And so, as Christians, how do we deal with all that baggage? So, um, that was a good one. We also, uh, have one on, I'm just scrolling through here, just kind of, if this is your first time listening to us, you know, uh, I talked with Sean Lee, who is a cancer survivor. And we talked about his spiritual journey through that and how, how that affected his relationship with God and his family and the struggles they went through as, you know, as Christians going through his battle with cancer. Um, we also talked about, uh, there's one here called the C five strategy and it's about how to grow spiritually. And we just kind of walk, Chris, was that you and I that did that C five strategy? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think I remember that. Yeah. I mean, it was me, but I can't, because I, because I have all, I talked to so many people together after. Yeah. It starts blending together. So yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in, if you have the question, how do I grow spiritually? Well, the C five strategy podcast gets you started and it talks about five, uh, environments that you can place yourself in and, uh, that will help you grow and five things that you can do that help yourself grow. But anyway, uh, I would encourage you just to go to the, uh, conversations podcast, scroll through it and take a look and see what, uh, you know, what grabs your attention. Also keep in mind of other people. You might, there might be something there that you can share with somebody that might be helpful like that dealing with your past. There's a, there's a lot of folks that have some, uh, stuff that they just kind of need to wrestle through. Uh, we don't answer all the questions, but we, uh, at least get the conversation started and that's right. why we're called conversations with Genesis church. So, um, all right. So today, uh, Chris Creech and I, as he mentioned, we are talking about worship, but we're going to talk about it. Um, in in three areas. One is lifestyle worship. We're going to talk about that for a few minutes. And then we're going to talk about corporate worship, meaning worshiping with other believers in official setting like Sunday morning church, that kind of stuff. Um, and then we're going to wrap it up talking about worship leadership. And, uh, I'm going to ask Chris some questions. He's our worship leader here, and he's going to take you behind the curtain of ministry and talk about what worship leaders think about and, uh, and how they plan and put things together. And, um, and just, cause a lot of y'all probably think, you know, I've never even thought about it, but you know, right. there is actual, Planning that goes. Yes. In I practice. work outside of Sunday.
0: Yes, that's right. I they promise. don't just show yes. up and sing songs, right. you know. And it's not just practice, <laughs> like some people think. You just practice five days a week and then go in. And it's like, dude, if I practice five days a week, I'd be a whole lot better than yeah, I am right now. Absolutely. I mean, yes. it's yeah. just yeah, that's true for anybody, like, you know. Right.
1: Yeah. And now, with that said, now in some of the mega churches, they do get to practice yes. five days a week, it's absolutely, because they're specialists, you know. But right. At Genesis, we are not specialists. We no are worry. jack of all trades. Right. And. And master of oh, nothing. Like I mean, yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right. So let me uh, read a couple of scriptures and let's talk about that. And we're, and we're going to just go ahead and dive into lifestyle worship. And so these some of these verses deal with worship as a lifestyle. And so, first of all, get, let me back up. When I say worship, I'm really talking about bringing pleasure to God, uh, right. pleasing him in some way, especially in lifestyle. It's a of worship where your whole life, is an act of worship in, in some way. And so, so for example, Psalm 34 one says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. There's that lifestyle language at all times. doesn't mean I'm singing songs all day. And, uh, and then he says, uh, I will constantly speak his praises. Um, that whole at all times and constantly has that lifestyle feel to it, that flair where You're filtering everything through your relationship with God, uh, and it becomes an act of worship. So like if you go to 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Again, that's that lifestyle worship. You know, you're thinking about God. Then you got Romans 12, 1, and and the Bible says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead... With you to give your bodies to God. And by the way, the word bodies there does mean your body, but it's really representing your life, your lifestyle, everything you are. Uh, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, lifestyle worship. One more verse, and then we'll start unpacking some stuff. Psalm 147, 11 the Lord is pleased only with those who worship him and trust his love. So that's where I get the idea of bringing pleasure to God. Right. So, um, all right. So if somebody, Chris, if somebody were to ask you like, uh, man, okay. What is a worshiper? Cause you know, the yeah. Bible. I didn't read one verse. It was just popular. You know, God seeks sure. those who worship him in the spirit and truth. So what, what is a worshiper? Who is a worshiper? And how do you know if you are
0: one or what? That's a good question. Everybody is a worshiper. Um, and I've told people this before that that we are all worshiping all the time. We're all worshiping something. And so the real question becomes not necessarily, how do I know if I'm a worshiper or what is a worshiper? It's who is worshiping God? Are you worshiping God? What are you worshiping? And And the idea of organizing the things in your life, the priorities and uh, the structure of your life around that. So when you said, you know, I plead with you to give your bodies to God, that's our whole self. And so when we're talking about worshiping God, we're talking about giving our whole selves to God. And that doesn't mean like that's the only music that you listen to or you always have an open Bible in your hand or, you know, things like that. But we are talking about devoting those activities in our lives and asking how can I do these for the glory of God? How can I do these things in a way that's worshipful uh to God, and how do I prioritize my life so that it looks like I am following god um and so ultimately, we are looking at not the idea of am I a worshiper, but who or what am I worshiping so if I look at my if I look at my priorities, man, am I worshiping my family? am I worshiping my job and am I worshiping my bank account? things like that and so um and the idea of worship is a difficult topic in general, because it's very, it feels kind of out there, you know, and, and it feels kind of nebulous in definition, but in reality, what we are doing is ascribing glory to God. We are giving glory to God and attempting to show him with our lives, what he's done for us and what he means to us. So.
1: Yeah. And this is a major mindset, a uh, mm-hmm. paradigm shift in our Absolutely. thinking, you know, because, Um, you know, I read that Romans 12, one where, you know, talking about this is truly the way we worship him, Uh, you know, the, the offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. (laughs) Well, if you keep reading it, the next thing it talks about is having uh, a renewed mind, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And I do think to be a, have a lifestyle of worship, like, well, okay, I'm going to worship God with about, with how I work at my workplace, you know, how I take care of my, body or how i treat my family how the kind of neighbor i am i mean whatever it is you know student yeah. athlete whatever and um uh and it and takes where, it, it takes a mind it takes a yeah. mind shift you know is
0: where i'm headed yeah. with this and it's funny yeah go ahead oh yeah when i was in high school man i've i've been doing <laughs> worship stuff for a long time i've been doing it since high school and um then vocationally in college but in high school i said you know, there are things that we can do. These mundane tasks can be done for the glory of God and they can be done as an act of worship. And, um, like I got lit up for basically saying, "Dude, you can do the dishes for the glory of God. You can perform a hobby for the glory of God. And here I am, like I graduated high school in Oh five, here I am, you know, 17 years later going, yeah, I was right. Still, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I was right. Okay. <laughs> So if you're listening and you made fun of me in high school for this, I was right. Still, so, um,
1: anyway, okay. There was a book uh, that I read when I first became a believer, and I think I picked it up out of. Okay, so my mom and I started going to this church called Emmanuel Baptist Church, and they back in the day, churches had these libraries. You know what I'm saying? And this was massive. They had, I mean, it was a full blown. It was it's the best church library I've ever I've ever seen ever. But anyway, um, anyway I checked out some book and uh, but it's by a guy by the name of Peter Lord. Okay, not the actor. So some of you old timers oh, out there no. listening, you might know a Peter Lord, the actor. This is not him; it's a different Peter Lord. Okay, so back in Peter Lord's day, he wrote several books and he was kind of you know a big wig back in his day. And anyway, in it, the whole book was about this whole concept of worship and living a a righteous life. And, and one of the first illustrations. again, this is a young adult Jeff. Okay. I'm reading this book and he's talking about how uh, that brushing your teeth is an act of righteousness. (laughs) And, uh, and, and he, and he just, he said, look, when you do the right thing, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're doing an act of righteousness. He said, but what we want to do is we want to do the right thing for the right reason, meaning right. bringing glory to God. Okay. So sure. this is not just doing something right.
0: Mm-hmm. This there is you doing... go. There's some construction.
1: Oh, do you hear it? I heard just a little bit. That's the first time. But yeah. Know. Okay. I think yeah, they're okay. outside my door now and uh, working on some lights. out okay. there. Yeah. And by the way, uh, for those who don't live in Mexico, this is all going on while we are getting raining sleep and ice yeah, has it turned to snow yeah, it's
0: yet nasty it, it has man it looks yeah. bad out there yeah i'm in a basement office and so like i can judge the height of the snow by the casement <laughs> window <laughs> and so, okay you yeah, know yeah, anyway
1: can, i'm looking i've got this i'm in a basement office as well so i've got yes, a window yes. that's up above the ceiling and yes. now that i'm looking at it yeah i can see there's snow on the yeah. the little cover and so uh at least when i think it's snow might be yeah, ice. I think so. I don't, it might be ice i don't know
0: but yeah, when you're talking about a mindset shift when we're talking about um, lifestyle worship, it is, it's a mental state. I mean, so going back to stuff like brushing your teeth or doing the dishes, I mean, are you gonna do that better if it's an act of worship? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Is anybody gonna know? Probably not. But basically it's all about putting yourself in a mindset where you are using those actions to celebrate who God is, to remember what he's done. and And fact of the matter is, that individual private worship, those moments when you're putting in perspective who God is, they do. They change you spiritually, and they, they bleed into other aspects of your life. And so that, those private worship moments, they are. They're private, and maybe nobody ever knows they happen, but they do change you, and they are the right thing to do, worshiping God in everything you do.
1: Well, you know, you think about it. Once you get into the mindset, I want to honor God right. with my life. Mm-hmm. Okay so now there's going to be things that I in my flesh that I do not want to do right but because right. it's now an act of worship there are times where I'm going to have to do you know the sacrifice mm-hmm. of praise with my actions not right. only with my mouth but there are times where I'm okay God I'm going to do this because I know it's going to honor you and honor mm-hmm. other people I don't want to do it but I'm going to do it right. and so um uh, even as, as Peter Lord say, that includes brushing your teeth. Right, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so yeah, for sure for you, non teeth brushers out there, uh, get on you know, it, man. Yeah. Get on it because you'd be a much more godly person. Brush <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So lifestyle worship, let's see here. Um, yeah. oh, let's see here. <clears throat> all right. So here is a question under this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So since God knows what is best. All right. In what areas of my life do I need to trust him most? Because really worship is trusting him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just walking by faith, trusting him. And I do think there are areas in our life where we demonstrate our love for him. We bring him pleasure by trusting in, and that faith producing some kind of work in our life. Right. Uh, so I guess my question for our listeners is as you listen to this, um, You know, what areas of your life do you need to trust him more as a worshiper? So, uh, so for example, all right, so would you, uh, when I say you, I'm not talking to Chris, I'm talking to the listener, would you consider yourself a worshiper with how you manage your money? Are you worshiping God with the finances and the wealth and the resources that he's given to you? You know? um, are you worshiping God with your time management? You see what's happening here?
0: Yeah. And this is life. Yeah. This is lifestyle worship we're talking about. Yeah. And at some point you're going to name those off in your life. You're going to go, okay, you know, is it budget? Is it time management? Is it, you know, parenting is, and something is going to stick you like a knife and you're going to go, Oh, that's the one, you know? And, and I mean, I've been there. I'm still there in those areas. Like, like I know you are as well. And, um, you know we don't want to paint a picture of ourselves being perfect I definitely no, oh absolutely you know not. look at some of those things and go, yeah am I honoring God with this maybe not and and it's a yeah. constant realignment I mean right absolutely <laughs> we're about to
1: get into the corporate worship thing but mm-hmm. um that whole corporate worship with worshiping the other believers that part of that getting with other believers is realigning ourselves yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah and um uh, realizing that we're not perfect and thinking man I you know I really <laughs> I really mm-hmm. need to work on some areas in my life, you know. Yep. As a worshipper, lifestyle worshipper, and so, uh, yeah. Okay. Anything else about that lifestyle worship? I just wanted to start with that because, you know, that's because the lifestyle worship will affect everything we're about to talk about. It does, right? That Absolutely. corporate worship thing, you yep. know. <clears throat> okay, so let's uh, shift over to corporate mm-hmm. worship, and so I've got a verse I'm going to read. This is out sure. of Acts two. The new church, the early church has started. Things are happening, you know, and so uh God's on a move and people are getting mm-hmm. saved and, and everybody's excited, you know. Jesus is already resurrected and all this stuff. That's funny. Jesus has resurrected and all this stuff. And all that stuff. <laughs>
0: blah, blah, blah. 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 You yeah. <laughs> know.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Acts chapter two, verse 42 says this. Now keep contacts. This is new believers, early churches getting started. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many uh, miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. All right, now listen to this. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship, those who were being saved. Now, when you read through that, first of all, you do hear a lot of lifestyle worship happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's mixed in there, but mixed in there is also them getting together. And let me just point out before somebody sends an email. (laughs) Okay. Where it says that, uh, where they're selling stuff you know, that doesn't mean they're selling everything they've got. It doesn't mean they're all moving together on on some property. They bought some land and they, you know, that's not what's happening. Uh, and when it says that they, uh, uh, met every day, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that every believer is meeting every day. It just means there was this, in that community, there was believers gathering every day. If you wanted to go and meet every day, you could, but these believers still had jobs. They still had families. They still had things to do. So, uh, I don't want you to be thinking, I mean, I need to go to church seven days a week. That's not what's really happening here. Uh, so and, that, and this is a descriptive passage, not a prescriptive passage. Right. So, <clears throat> all right. Now, with all that said, um, they obviously got together and they were worshiping together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's fast forward to 2022.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. And uh, we happen to be in Mexico, Missouri, and the listener, you may be somewhere else. Sure. Um, why is worshiping with other believers important? I mean, can I just worship God in my backyard on the golf course on the lake? Why do I need to go to church and hang out with other believers and sing songs, listen to a sermon or whatever?
0: So, so (laughs) to get into that, I have so many notes. Here's the deal, man. I, I, um, I can tell you worship is obviously important to me. Um, this is something that I decided to do. I decided to go into some form of music ministry back in 2005. That was when I made the decision to do that. Uh, graduated high school, went into a church music degree. Um, and so I have my, and actually here's a fun fact. I have my bachelor's in church music uh, and I am to the best of my knowledge. I was the first, and I think I'm the only person to ever graduate the college I went to with a bachelor's in church music with a you have to pick an an emphasis like a vocal emphasis piano whatever mine is percussion so so all these church music people are graduating with voice organ piano guitar mine was drums <laughs> and percussion and so anyway like everybody's okay, that like, i what did just not happened? know yeah <laughs> like, i mean i yeah, knew you, yeah. I, I knew you did some drumming at, in, at school and stuff
1: but i didn't know that so i've played drums
0: i've played drums since i was 12 <laughs> so that's 23 years i've played drums <laughs> And I haven't played guitar, but maybe for about 10 years and piano for about, you know, 12 or 13. So anyway, and I don't play that at all, hardly, but, you know. Um, so anyway, so I go to school for it because it's just so near and dear to my heart. And, and a lot of this, um, I started doing it vocationally in 07. And really, it boiled down to a lot of it boiled down to the idea of corporate worship and the fact that corporate worship um, did so much for me. Um, if I had not gotten involved in some kind of corporate worship, I would not be where I am right now. Um, you may not know this about me, I'm a huge nerd. Um, you might not know that. I mean, okay, I know, just say I don't know that. It's, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, And everybody who knows, everybody knows knows that. that. Yeah. And so, I did not fit in in middle school. And between fitting in in music and fitting in with God, um, those two things really did change me. I don't know if you know this, but if you start like with a band that's going somewhere, like we were gigging every weekend just about man in high school and traveling to all these different states and playing you all of a sudden you're like a cool kid. And so um, so that helped a lot. But also, <laughs> I mean, just fitting in in church and fitting in with corporate worship and what corporate worship does um, just was huge to my life. And it can be huge to other people's lives, too. And so Um, Just a few things on that. Um, You mentioned Acts 2, 42 through 47. Um, Two of my favorite scriptures on worship in general are in John 4 and Revelation 4. And you can look those up. One is um, the woman at the well where Jesus said, here's how you're worshiping now, but later, you know, the Father's seeking out worshipers that are going to worship in spirit and in truth. And then in Revelation, we see that fulfilled when John gets a glimpse of uh, the throne room of God and it's all these people worshiping God for who he is. And so Revelation 4 is one of the, and John 4, are two of the most common passages used to talk about the idea of corporate worship. And if you, um, I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but I did a sermon. If you go to our website, genesisbegins.com, hover over media, click messages, you can browse by like speaker or message or whatever. If you browse by my name on December 5th, there is a sermon on worship that's uh, december 5th 2021 um i spoke about it from second chronicles and how the people worshiped in the midst of fear and uncertainty it's like 32 minutes long uh, if you want a better understanding of how a group of people comes together to worship that's actually i think it's a pretty good resource and so um so as we get into corporate worship keeping those scriptures in mind keeping the idea of the necessity of worshiping together as a body are helpful and um and the reason for that is because corporate worship fulfills certain purposes and um, well, I'll get into that in a second, but the the purposes that I think worship fulfills are things like glorifying God, celebrating who he is and what he has done, which helps us remember and it helps us to have future trust and to praise God. It puts God in perspective. Um, It fulfills a purpose of learning about God. Um, not to take Jeff down a peg or anything, but I would bet that people don't memorize your sermons. Um,
1: don't tell me that I want them to, I want them to listen to them
0: four or five times throughout the week, man. But the number of people that have memorized probably some of the songs that we do. Yeah. It's incredible. And that puts a huge burden on making Mm -hmm. sure that our songs are good because when we're learning about God, I mean, how do you teach kids stuff? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Right. You use songs. And right. so uh, learning about God is something that especially music fulfills, but the worship service as a whole. Um, it encourages and helps each other. Uh, it drives us to encourage and help each other. It gives us hope and strength. Um, and it should, when we are confronted with God and his holiness, it should make us closer to the object of our worship, which should simultaneously allow us to rejoice in being made righteous through Christ, but also to be uncomfortable and convicted of the sin in our lives. And so corporate worship fulfills some of those purposes. And back to your question, why is worshiping with other believers important? Can't I just worship God in my backyard, golf course, lake, whatever? I would say you absolutely can worship God in your deer stand or on the lake. And that's what we talked about with that private worship. But you miss out in corporate worship because corporate worship Is impossible to do privately, you cannot do it. Uh, You might not like that, you might not like hearing, Oh, I can't worship with others by myself, but it's kind of in the definition. It's like saying I can play a team sport by myself, you just cannot do it. Uh, The definition of corporate worship includes other people, and you know, you miss out on things that other people can give you when you're not with other people now. I mean there's the big debate going on right now about online church and virtual church and stuff and I'm not discounting that. Um you know there are you can talk with other people there, you can discuss things, you can, you know, meet in a home somewhere. I'm not discounting that stuff. What I'm saying is if you're worshiping by yourself all the time, you are missing out on corporate worship. And I will say something very uncomfortable here that I know some of our listeners will not like and I'm okay with that, but Every time, and this is anecdotal. This is not a case study. I haven't done the science behind this, but I would say every time I have heard that phrase and someone acts on it and they say, you know what, man, I don't need to go to church. I can do this by myself. Every time they end up walking away. Um, I Maybe they come back later. I don't know. But ultimately, when you try to do um, worship by yourself and do your relationship with christ by yourself um you start missing out on those things you lose the encouragement you lose some of what we can learn from other people and i mean you're on a short track to walking away so i mean yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i agree i mean i've been doing this thing now for 25 plus years yeah and whenever i hear someone say well i just I don't need the church. I don't, you know, I can worship God mm-hmm. just fine, like on the deer stand, out on Lake yep. or whatever. And, uh, well, that uh, that is true yep. for a while. And then when you need believers, do when you need other believers in your life, do not complain, you know, that, well, I went through this hard time. The church wasn't there. Well, you walk right, away. Right you know, we didn't even know, you know? Right. So, and I mean, I've heard this story for 25 years in various degrees and, um, uh, some of them do come back. I mean, they get out there and they realize, man, I I really need to, and and what's, what's interesting is they start thinking, man, I I need to get, I need to, I need to get my life back together. And one of the first things they think about is I need to go to church. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. No, why are you thinking that you didn't need you didn't right. need us earlier? You know, right?
0: But, uh, and that's yeah. not a judgment. I mean, saying no, no. this is what's going to happen is not a judgment. No, it's a it's a prediction, <laughs> and B it's a warning. And, yeah. I, and I mean, you know, if you it's a symptom. Away, I mean, yeah. yeah, if you've walked away and come back, that's awesome, man. We want yeah. you to come back. This is not right. us being judgmental. We're just saying, look, man, I've seen this movie before. <laughs> I know yeah. how it is. Well, you okay,
1: know? let's take it to another category. For example, sure. if somebody, if a believer were to tell me. If they were to say, I'll say, how hey, man, how are you doing spiritually? Well, you know, I haven't really read the word in a while. Uh, okay. See, now that's, that tells me something. Sure. Or if they say, well, you know, I was going to church, but I, I quit going because I'm filling the blank, you know, mm-hmm. well, okay. There's a symptom. There's something happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they say something about not praying, you know, well, I, have, I don't pray as much as I used to. And okay. Those are just symptoms that, okay, there's something out of alignment here uh, you know, we're not mad at anybody here. We're just, we yeah. want to help you, you know, cause this yeah. happens all the time, you know? Um, uh, uh, but for those that are listening, man, w- you know, we need, you know, whether that church is 20 people or 20,000 people, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. And, um, you need to be, you need to have that church family that you can say, that's my church family. Right you know, uh, beyond, and I didn't say that's my Bible study. I said, that's right. You, you gotta have a church family. Right. So, uh, I know for me though, when I'm thinking about corporate worship and why I need it, uh, now I'm trying not to think like a pastor. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. That's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as I think just as a man, as a husband, as a parent, grandparent and everything else I can't remember uh, <laughs> there are three things in that I want to happen when I gather with other believers and it deals with my it deals with my mind okay uh, it deals with my emotions and it deals with my actions okay so uh, I, I want to I want to Hear something either in a song that reminds me, that gets me thinking about something about God. I want to hear something in a sermon that challenges my thinking, that reminds me, or corrects something, right. or challenges a thought I have that may not be correct. Sure. Um, and so that's what I'm looking for mentally, uh, emotionally. I want my emotions to be moved in some way, and I, I don't. And I, I don't mean. You know, because okay, I'm a cry baby. If you if you if you come to Genesis enough, you'll eventually. I don't cry as much as I used to because I'm getting hard and callous. But every now and then, uh I'll uh, something will trigger it, and next thing you know, I, I'm dehydrated. I need an IV. I don't think of, any.
0: I don't think any of our church people have noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> just like they haven't noticed that I'm a big nerd. I mean, I don't think yeah. anybody's noticed.
1: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> yeah, I had this. Uh, okay, <laughs> the, okay, for those who don't watch Genesis, or go to Genesis we're talking a couple of weeks ago i'm talking about something and i'm getting all teared i'm getting all teared up this precious lady oh, one of the first two or three rows she just walks up while i'm talking and hands me and a handkerchief you know what i'm saying and her, her handkerchief's like a kleenex or something and i thought oh my word <laughs> this is bad but anyway oh, and they noticed yeah they noticed so anyway um and then i have this uh, what i call the uh sympathetic criers yes so if i start crying they start crying you know it just is okay anyway i digress all <laughs> right so um
0: what was that You saying? wanted your emotions to be moved oh yeah 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 i the want emotions, my emotions
1: uh yeah my mind and my emotions uh you know i want to be moved somehow whether that's through a song to the sermon through something where uh you know, my passion is reignited. I get fired up, you know, or I'm convicted because conviction, conviction involves our emotions. Uh, it's not just emotional, but you know, right. there's something going on there. So something emotional, I want, I want to be touched emotionally somehow. And that could be encouragement, you know, whatever. Um, uh so i've got my mind my emotions but however i also want to be challenged to do something because you know the bible says don't be hearers only but be right. you know doers of the word so okay what do i do with what i've just sung about what do i do with what i just heard mm-hmm. you know in the sermon and um sure so when at the end of that time at, in corporate worship at least for me when i'm attending uh church and i'm not responsible for what's happening I'm, sure. um, you know i'm not thinking through those three things when i go into church but I, but right. that's what i'm evaluating um i say a good worship service if right. i would. when i say sure. worship i mean the whole package from beginning sure. to end not just music mm-hmm. um you know something has happened mentally emotionally and physically in the sense of mm-hmm. wanting to do something to change right. something or stop doing
0: something ultimately this is exactly what we've talked about in other areas with head heart and hands Um, You want your thinking, your whole seat emotions and your hands, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, If you've heard us talk about that before, we've talked plenty about head, heart, hands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we want all that
1: to happen, you know, in corporate worship. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now with that said, um, because we're about to shift over into this whole worship leadership stuff. Yeah. Uh, But with that said, before we talk about you and what you do, I I want to talk a little bit about, all right, how do we prepare ourselves to gather with other believers? Mm -hmm. And I I don't mean this in a consumerism type state, but to get the most out of the corporate worship, the gathering with other believers, how, what do, what do we need to do? How do, how do we maximize that benefit of gathering? Got any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, So first of all, um, so sometimes like I'll forget to eat a meal, you know, uh, (laughs) I mean, it happens that you're just working or I'm playing music or something or having fun recording. I'll forget to eat.
1: I don't understand you people (laughs) (laughs) that I, okay. Just look at me. I do not have (laughs) that problem and I don't (laughs) understand there's something seriously wrong. I, you know, when people say, Oh, I forgot to eat lunch and I'm thinking, as soon as I'm done with breakfast, I'm thinking, Oh man, I got to wait four hours before lunch. I don't ever think about forgetting lunch.
0: So that is actually a symptom of adult ADHD, which I learned that maybe I might have at some point. So anyway, (laughs) it's just what, which surprises no one. I mean, I wish I had that. I wish I had, (laughs) I mean, if you know me, you know, I use every tool under the sun to make sure I'm remembering to do things and stuff. And I think that might be it, but you know, but I don't have a reminder to eat, but Here's the thing, man. If I, if I forget to eat a meal, like I'm super hungry for supper. And a while back, man, we were at Sam's and we found discounted these, um, these big old two inch thick tomahawk ribeyes, like mm-hmm. big monsters. And we were like, Hey, we're going to eat that, um, for our, uh, you know, Valentine's day dinner with me and Sarah, it's going to be great. You know, we're going to eat this big honking ribeye and you know, the bone sticks out this far. And, um, And that day that we got it, our refrigerator died. And so um, we had been all over the place and then, or it might be the next day, but I've been all over the place trying to get this refrigerator repaired, didn't eat. And that night we were like, man, our refrigerator's dead. We got to make this steak. And don't get me wrong. It was delicious. But fact of the matter is it's harder to enjoy it because I haven't eaten. I'm just hungry. I'm just trying to get fuel in my body. And it's harder to enjoy it. And worship is like that. I'm bringing this back around, I promise. But worship is like that. Your private worship life bleeds into your corporate worship life. Um, they right. are inseparable. If you don't have one, it's hard to have the other. Yeah. Um, and so if you have not been taking in your private worship moments, it's going to be like we hit you with a fire hose on Sunday morning um, because our goal is to bring you or help you be in a focused state where you are aware of who God is, and aware of the people around you. And those things can blend together. And there's some, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but there's some horizontal and vertical worship going on there. And if you haven't been in private worship, it's going to hit you hard. (laughs) And, And you have to be able to understand in that private worship who God is and what he's done for you to be able to get the most out of a corporate worship experience. Otherwise, I mean, this is all new to you every week. And so, okay. So that's the biggest (laughs) thing. And I mean, we'll talk more about it. That's the biggest thing so far. Here's
1: okay. For me, here's what I found. Uh, now again, I'm talking as just a Christian guy, not a, not a pastor. Um, when, when I am lazy in my lifestyle Mm -hmm. worship. Yeah. Okay. And and again, I'm not talking about singing songs, listening to sermons, just lifestyle worship. Honoring God throughout the week, and I'm consciously thinking that way. When I'm not like that, uh, and I'm and I, I'm drifting away from that, uh, I do find that in the past that uh, I begin to find gathering with other believers boring, yeah, a burden, and I'm disengaged, right? Because uh, th- there's something that triggers. What I'm doing during the week impacts when I gather with these believers, right. you know. And sometimes I remember, I mean, I, I, even as a pastor, now I'm talking as a pastor, mm-hmm. there have been times where because I was at such a dysfunctional church,
0: <laughs> sure, man, yeah. I, you know, I didn't want to go. Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking, Lord, the dreaded I, getting up on a Sunday yes. morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking,
1: you, Lord, I don't want to go. I don't want to go to church today. I'm the pastor. I don't right. want to go to church today. Right. And, um, because of various reasons and right. right. But, uh, uh, and there are times where I think whether you're a pastor or not, Mm -hmm. but I think there are times where we're just, you just go through that stuff and you have, that's where you offer up that sacrifice of praise. Yeah. This is something I need. I'm going to go do it. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, okay. So this year I started going back to the gym. Mm -hmm.
0: Congratulations. Yes. Yay. Forgot to eat a few meals. And yeah, no, I did not.
1: <laughs> uh, so, I, again, I wish I could have had that problem. But uh, so, uh, but there are times where, I mean, most of the time I actually enjoy going sure. to the gym, the whole sure. process, you know. Uh, but, uh, but there are times where I get up and I'm thinking, man, I got other things to do. I've got my, my days packed. I don't want to go, right. you know, I'm just not in the mood. I don't want to do it, you know. But what I find though is, is that once I get there, and get started okay mm-hmm. now i'm glad it came you know what i'm yep. saying yep. you know but uh, and i think sometimes church that corporate yep. worship i think you just have to get up and go right when you right. don't feel like it right. uh, i had also discovered that sometimes i think this may be a spiritual warfare thing that um oh hang on here my <laughs> phone was <laughs> that's okay yeah, I thought I had already turned that down. Um, anyway, uh, oh, that distracted me. Oh, uh, when, <laughs> you know, there are times where I have, when I did not want to go to church, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm talking about just attending, Yep. Uh, those were the times I needed to be there the most. Yeah. Meaning when I got there, I didn't want to be there. And then something happened. Somebody says something or somehow God yep. shows up for me. And I'm thinking, Lord, I almost, man, I did not want to be here.
0: Yeah. You and know? I think part of that is God honoring the sacrifice that you make when you don't want to do it and you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, Some of that's God honoring that sacrifice, you know? And,
1: so- and I, I don't know how much, okay. I, the devil is not God. He doesn't know everything. Sure. He doesn't right, see right. the future, right. but I mean, I think, but the devil's pretty smart, you know, and he, and he, you know, he sees things and trends yeah. and stuff. And I sometimes wonder if on the say Sundays for those who go to church on Sunday, um, when, if he senses, he knows what, you know, I mean, if he's got his information, he's got his Intel, well, then he knows what, the, you know, that preach is going to preach. And he knows what the song was going to be about. And he's not, he knows what's going on in your life. If I'm the devil, I'm making sure that my people are doing everything they can to keep you from going, because it seems sure. like you need, you know, like, okay, you need this one, this time, sure, right. but I'm going to try to keep you out. Um, yeah. So I think sometimes maybe when we don't feel like going, mm-hmm. uh, it's not our flesh. Sure. Sometimes it just it is. Sure. Uh, but sometimes I think there's a spiritual warfare thing going on here, saying, "Okay, we got to keep him out today because, sure, this might be life transformational." But uh, yeah. and uh,
0: so, so when we're talking about participating at church, you know, that first one is all about that that vertical worship. So making sure you are ready to glorify God, to give him glory, to focus on God. And a lot of that comes down to your private worship experience and being you know, willing to come do the corporate one. Um, and that's good and that needs to happen, but we do that by ourselves a lot of times. And so what we tend to overlook is the idea of corporate worship, not just being a vertical worship, us to God, but being horizontal as well from us to others. We're not worshiping other people and they're not worshiping us, but our worship, is allowing things to take place in community that would not take place otherwise and a lot of those goals of corporate worship things like helping others encouraging others um, even being able to confront sin and being able to spur each other on to good works like the bible says um, part of that is our role in corporate worship as well um and We have to create an environment where those things are taking place, uh, where people are being encouraged, where they're learning about God, where they're being confronted with their sin, but also they know they're not alone in their sin and they're not being judged by people. Um, And me and you have both done this for a while. And so if you're a follower of Christ, one of your jobs in, in corporate worship is to not make corporate worship overly difficult. And you know what I'm talking about, because you've looked out, you've looked out at people for the last, you know, 15 for me, what, 25, 30 for you. Mm -hmm. You've looked out at people and you've watched their faces making this difficult. Um, and so, you know, I look around if we're playing a song or something, and sometimes you see people that look angry. Sometimes you see people that look bored. Sometimes you see people that look judgmental. Um, I mean, and those things are Mm. unhelpful for your corporate worship service. And so like, you know, with the risk of sounding like a, a weirdo here or whatever, you know, your bad vibes are contagious and they do, they make it difficult. And there is some spiritual warfare stuff going on there too, where, I mean, you know, we can bring, um, our, our three gym area at the YMCA, your sanctuary, whatever is not a holy place. It's where we worship together a holy God. That doesn't mean it's immune to spiritual warfare. And some people think that, man, it ain't, it ain't immune to spiritual warfare. And so
1: there's no, th- yeah, there is no spiritual no. force field, right? Invisible so, keeping, you know, the enemy out. Yeah. I mean, it's just not how it works, you know?
0: And I mean, and, and throughout the years, I've looked out at people and thought, okay, in this spiritual warfare scenario, what, which side are you on? You know, because you're, you're bringing in some nasty vibes here. Um, and so a lot of times when we come into corporate worship, our job as believers is to create a space that lets those things happen. And a lot of that boils down to things like um, sacrificing your preferences. Look, we're not going to do your favorite song every week. Um, You might not like the drums. It might feel too loud. You know, you might hate, you know, the way we do certain things, but we put aside those preferences to worship together and we put aside our little petty differences. We forgive other people. Uh, The Bible says, you know, we make allowances for each other's fault. And uh, that makes us more pleasant people. And when it makes us more pleasant people, all of a sudden, our corporate worship changes because people are happier, people are more open, people are freer to be worshipful and enjoy that church experience. And so, you know, those are your two roles in a worship service, I would say is that vertical worship and that horizontal. um, I know it's not horizontal worship, but it's worshiping horizontally, basically, you know, glorifying God through our relationships with others, so.
1: Okay, so uh, I keep saying before we get into sure, the worship leadership sure, stuff. Sure, you're fine. Okay, so I, I've got some thoughts and then we'll move on here. Uh, all right, how to make the corporate worship better?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, as an individual, how sure. can you make it? Okay, so here's some very practical ways. You said some awesome stuff there, but as I was thinking through this, I thought, okay, here are some tangible things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I think, uh, man, on Sunday morning, oh, well, let me back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this: uh, if you can, just go to bed earlier on Saturday night. If you sure. got church on Sunday, whatever, yeah. whatever you, you know. Uh, I mean, if you're a night person and your church has got Saturday night services, all right, go for it. I mean, sure. but for those Sunday morning congregations, uh, man, just go to bed earlier. Don't stay up till one, two, three o'clock in the morning and roll into church half half asleep. You know what I'm saying? I want to tell you that will affect a lot of things. All right, it does, but, man. Yeah, go to bed early. Yeah. Uh, number two uh, Sunday morning, Saturday night, whatever, pray, man, pray for your pastor, pray for the yep. worship leader. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Pray for the the greeters, pray for the visitors, just, you know, get spiritually involved in what's about to happen, uh, through prayer. Uh, and I'll also add this, um, if, if you complain about church, well, just get involved, make it better. Now, I don't mean go rogue, you know, follow the leadership, you know, get on the same mission, get on the same philosophy, but.
0: Um, and evaluate what you're complaining about. And evaluate what a, you're complaining about. Is this a first tier theological thing or is it, I don't like the speed of that song?
1: Yeah. Is this just a preference? I mean, thing? dude
0: i've i said this several times i've been in this for 15 years i am a worship war like three-star general veteran nice (laughs) i mean you know because i've heard every complaint you can Right. so uh, and so evaluate your complaints if you're Mm -hmm. complaining about something all right is this a personal preference is this a widespread personal preference you know right so yeah yeah
1: and just learn to live with some inadequacies in your church on sunday morning i mean there's no perfect church you know what i'm saying right right some are more friendly some are less some have great music some don't some are better preachers some aren't you know the greeters are more friendly some you know I, you know sure, whatever you know sure. sounds better at one and you know, like you said loud soft, all that kind of stuff sure sure so um all right so we got to uh, go to sleep <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you know come alert i can get behind that yeah pray <laughs> you know for the the folks that lead in the church and all that kind of stuff yeah. and uh you know, don't complain so much, you know, just evaluate all that stuff, but also uh, get engaged, meaning, you know, yeah. every church, whatever church you go to, including Genesis, man, we could always use more help with the nursery, gen kids, greeters, set up, tear down. Cause you know, we set up and tear down every week. So uh, sound video. I mean, we, we got stuff that just needs yeah. to be done. And if there, and, and let's just say you don't fit in any of those categories. You don't want to do that. Get there earlier a little, a few minutes early, set your stuff down and go talk to folks. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, make yourself get engaged and uh, get to know people. And uh, I mean, there are people sitting around hoping somebody would talk to them. (laughs) It's just, you know, they they are. So uh, just uh, have a conversation. People are not going to yell at you. They're not going to bite, you know, and um, the, uh, uh, you know,
0: the only thing I would add to that is to also engage during the service. Um, so think about, I mean, the sermon, things like that, but also, man, and I've done so many Bible studies on music in church and, and the Bible says, you know, sing to each other, you know, sing to God. Music plays a very important role in the Bible and people will all the time, man. And I got this one guy's going to hear this and be like, I told you, I don't want to. (laughs) And, um, and I've told people before, if you don't want to sing in church, that that's between you. the bible they want to argue with me about it and i'm like dude don't argue with me go argue with your bible because it's in there and and a lot of these things some people don't like to sing but fact of the matter is like scientifically speaking it makes you happier spiritually speaking it can draw you closer to god and it can it can help you give god glory in a way and so there is definitely you don't like singing i get it there is something therapeutic yeah
1: about singing you know what i'm saying?
0: There's and, a reason that music plays such an important role in the Bible. Yes. I mean,
1: so. I mean it's everywhere. And, yeah. uh, I mean, Hey, even the apostle Paul was singing in the prison. Right. You know what I'm saying? All right. So let's go ahead and move on over to yeah. uh, worship leadership. Sure. And, uh, we're going to talk, uh, uh, this is more like an interview with you at sure, this point. Sure. I do have a couple of things from a pastor's perspective mm-hmm. on the sermon aspect of worship. Yeah, if yeah. we have time, I'll talk about, but, um, Okay, so as a worship leader, and again, we're we're specifically talking about the Sunday morning experience, the weekend yep. experience, you know, at a church service, and uh, dealing with. At this point, we're really going to be talking about from the time church starts, right, up to the sermon. Okay, right. for right. for you, sure. so um, so I guess just kind of walk us through a little bit on from a, as a worship leader you've got a blank piece of paper in front of you for a Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What goes on in your mind behind the scenes? Sure. How does this thing come together? Sure. Just whatever pops in your mind or whatever you, you want to.
0: Yeah. yeah. Give so, us a tour of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, so every church is a little bit different. So I'm talking mostly from Genesis and, and speaking from, from my experience as well. But um, you know, at Genesis, I start with a template um, that we feel like has worked well. So we'll do like an intro song and then let you come up and talk a little bit, read some scripture. Um, and then we'll do about three more songs. So usually we say, Hey man, we're going to do four songs today. And the reasoning for that number is when we cut it shorter, it just feels like there's not enough. There's no momentum. There's no, you know, getting into that. And I'll talk about why that is or why I believe that is later. Um, and there are times when you can do way too much music, and there are some groups and some churches that do that. I remember specifically sitting in a concert um, – not a concert. It was a conference, and they were doing a concert one night, and this group said, you know, we're just going to we're just gonna worship God for the next, you know, little while, and we're just going to play. We're not going to sing. And they did it for, like, 25 minutes. And some people, man, were really into it. Oh, yeah, man. Um, so you're talking people, just instrumental. You're yes, talking, they were just yeah. playing on stage, no just singing, intro- no words. Just instruments, nothing. okay. And some people were really into it. Some people, and I won't name names, but I was one of them. And so (laughs) was the person with me, um, went to the bathroom and, you know, did all her other stuff because it was just kind of like, I don't get it. And so there are, but those are preferences. And those are things that are often reliant on a culture or, you know, a church culture, a community culture, things like that, um, that either work sometimes or they don't work sometimes. And that's okay. We just have to know what works for us. And so when I'm looking at a worship service, especially in that section, I'm looking at, all right, what's worked for us in the past like this. Uh, some of this is logistics. A lot of this is Holy Spirit led. And, and you know, the idea that, all right, if, I'm, if I am dedicating this time to God and dedicating this time to leading people in worship through planning, that God will bless that. And, um, you know, some people, there's a whole group of people that plan like a year Of songs in advance there is a whole group of people that uh doesn't plan they they show up on sunday morning and i mean i know people like this man and they don't nobody on stage knows what they're playing nobody in the back knows what they're playing they get up and they just get ready to start i cannot do that uh that is not my skill set um but i also don't like planning like a year out um and some of these people will argue with each other that well you know if you plan that far out the holy spirit can't lead well, first of all, the problem I've got with that sentence is you just said Holy Spirit can't, and those three words don't go together. How, um, and, How? and the other group you know, I've says, never thought about that, but that yeah, is true. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. the Holy Spirit can lead through planning whenever it wants, it knows right. what's going on. Right. Um, and you know, the other group would say, Well, and by the way, is, on the uh-huh, just on well, that, by the it. way.
1: Yeah. Uh, now that you got me on that, yeah. uh, I mean, isn't it God who before the creation of the plan and before he made any humans yeah had a plan to save us right i mean way ahead of that i mean so i think he he can plan through worship
0: right if it's one week or one year i mean who's going to be planning worship when i you know (laughs) leave die or retire i mean it's fine so i mean i know he can figure out what's going on but you know some people would say that spontaneous worship is kind of it's too difficult for a band or it's disrespectful to a band. I got a band that I might have a couple people that could do that. I might not. So we plan about a month out at a time. Um, And that gives us the opportunity to replan, gives us the opportunity to um, schedule and then reschedule and then reschedule some more. This is something our group does really well. I've got several people that play multiple instruments. Um, So if I need people to slip into other positions, I can, Um, you know, I mean, you think about people get sick, kids get sick. I mean, the whole People COVID thing, I mean, there'd be times
1: where you had somebody yeah. scheduled, they're out for the next two Sundays.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if you've got a good group, and I do, I mean, I'm going to tell you, this group is um, the best group I've ever worked with. And I've I've told them that before, um, musically, spiritually, an excellent group. And they are, which is like rule one for worship leader is uh, flexibility. And they are very flexible. They can reschedule. They can schedule. um. You know multiple times and sometimes it feels like we're rescheduling about a dozen times I had one week where I woke up on Saturday morning and I knew I was probably playing drums well Saturday night I um, had a drummer call me and he was available I didn't have a bass player so I was like cool I'll play bass so Saturday night I thought I was playing bass well Sunday morning I showed up and I had made I made a scheduling error and I had another guy show up with his bass <laughs> and so so went home and got my electric guitar. So within the span of like 12 to 24 hours or whatever, I was playing three different instruments, you know, and trying to figure that out. And our group does that really, really well. Um, so we plan out that we schedule people, we reschedule people. Um, some of it is, oh, go ahead. You have a yeah, question. Okay. So I Before I, I had a question here. Yeah. All right.
1: So like you're planning and all, you know, yeah. you got all these songs that you're choosing from. So mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're like choosing a song or songs yeah. or set of songs or whatever,
0: yeah, uh, who is your target audience? Yeah. Mexico, Missouri. And that is some of that landed on when we looked at um, kind of your, your, all right. So let's think about like top album sales in Mexico, Missouri, probably two genres, hip hop um, and country are going to be two of our biggest ones. Well, man, they don't make a whole lot of worship music that's hip-hop or country and we don't tend to write our own (laughs) or anything right now so what we do is we kind of boil that down into not so much style but instrumentation and things like that and so we're looking at these songs going all right that's at least got a rock feel to it or that's got the instrumentation that we're looking at um and so a lot of the the target audience boils down to man what music are people listening to around here and sometimes we can do that sometimes we can't and um you know there's so okay uh (laughs) beyond just
1: their music style preference Mm -hmm. target audience like okay so like when you're choosing a song do you ever think okay that one is too i I don't want to say too information driven like for example you know you have okay so like on a sunday morning i mean you know Mm -hmm. who comes to genesis so we're talking about you know our world at this moment Mm -hmm. so um are you, do you ever think about okay we have this generally speaking the type of christian yeah, yeah. or non-christian that comes this song will work and this song will
0: not sometimes i have and i could talk about that too in a minute here but i have three categories of songs okay and, and i want to make sure they're represented usually but the you know, when I'm planning that stuff out, there are times where I'm like, yeah, sorry, that song won't work. And, and sometimes people are like, but I really want to do that song. And you have to say, man, it's just not, it just doesn't feel right. And that's hard because you can't give a statistical logical answer. You just have to say, I don't think it does. (laughs) And sometimes I'll say, man, I don't think that'll work, but Hey, let's try it anyway, depending on the amount of trust I have in the person that brings it up sometimes. And, um, you know, conversations that are going on behind the scenes, and so okay. Just to we be do fair, that, we don't, yeah,
1: for, for the listener, okay. Okay, Chris is the worship leader, I'm the pastor sure. teacher guy, and uh, I have recommended, I don't know, probably 10 15 songs in the six years, maybe,
0: maybe, yeah, and probably I would say, even. yeah,
1: or maybe we'll just say with yeah. 10, we'll just keep it, it hasn't been yeah. a whole lot, but I, I'll recommend, yeah. and so, uh, I want to say about
0: half of them got shot. See, I would down. Have said probably all, but maybe, maybe two. Okay. I maybe that right. might, but I might just not yeah. be remembering you yeah. Know, yeah. when I've rejected you. Right. So, you know
1: I mean? <laughs> and I, but I have gotten better though. I've got you know, here lately, I'll, I'll hear something. I think, yes. Oh, that sounds good. I don't know if we could tweak that somehow. Um, and so I've recommended a couple fairness, of songs.
0: The last one you recommended, I forgot about completely until just now. So. You know, that yeah what was i don't forget what i, what was I last can't one? remember but yeah, I'll, I'll look it up anything. somewhere anyway yeah. so uh
1: because once i hear it i think oh i need to yeah. oh, i'll send you a text or something but uh yeah, what i'm saying is yeah, that chris ahead. is very picky and i, and I like that mm-hmm. i mean i want right, him to right, evaluate right. the songs and right. uh and i'm okay with him saying yeah right. uh,
0: that y- you like that one i don't think anybody else knows what like that. right and and so yeah that's that's a large part of planning the rest of it is stuff like we do a monthly practice where we hit highlights of songs and we do a Sunday morning sound check and rehearsal where we reevaluate the keys uh, that they're sung in based on each individual vocalist is sing. some of that stuff is just an absolute logistical nightmare. But again, our team, our team is good at it. So you talked about uh, picking songs mm-hmm. and there are, so I had two thoughts about that. And the first one was a new song. So if we have a new song sent to us um, the first thing I do, of the time, and I've told you this before, is I read through the lyrics. I don't listen to the song. Um, If you send me a song, you're like, man, this is really catchy. Okay, cool, but I'm not going to listen to it. Because I have, at times, I've listened to the song, and then I've read the lyrics, and I find myself being tempted to make a concession for maybe a poorly worded line or a bad theological statement or something because it's a catchy tune. And so if you read through the lyrics first, you don't get you know, beat up by that. But then that said, we want to listen to the songs, too, because we want to make sure it is a good song musically. And yes, that is a subjective opinion, whether music is good or not. I like some styles of music that other people don't. I'm OK with that. But at the end of the day, I mean, somebody has to make a call on whether a song is aesthetically pleasing or not, or whether it works in our, our culture of Mexico, Missouri or not, things like that um the last thing I do with a new song and it's funny I had this question asked the other day um and I was able to have a conversation with the person but um this is a weird line to draw but sometimes I check out the artist um none of us can claim a moral or theological high ground because we're all sinners but there are some artists um and I've got one in particular in my head that we have removed all of their songs from our catalog um and basically it, like I said, it's a hard line to draw and every church does it and every church does it differently and it's all subjective, but, um, if but the worship leader, come,
1: you have to be able to lead right, a song
0: right. that you, um, have a clear conscience with. Right. And that's where I have to land sometimes is I have to say, okay, um, do I believe that this artist or church has done enough damage with their beliefs with their practices or with their songs theologically that we have to remove all of the songs mm-hmm. that they do as a way to shepherd and shield the church from digging into this church's theology and digging into this church's leadership and so well, sometimes christian, there are christian book company
1: do. christian book companies do the same yeah, thing absolutely when an yep. author
0: goes off the rails man goes off the yeah. rails
1: they're done i mean they pull right, their absolutely. books they <laughs> they don't publish so, them
0: anymore i mean they're they're off the list yeah so i was looking at new songs this morning and man i read one and i was like dude that's a good song and then i looked at the author and i was like oh never mind we've oh. actually pulled all of their songs already <laughs> so that's a um so that's tough but now when i'm so that's a new song if i'm picking an individual sunday's songs there are a few ways people plan um not to get into all of them but you know one thing i've seen is a lot of people like plan basically they throw all their fast songs up front all their slow songs down near the bottom um some people plan based on what the pastor is preaching on to you know give it that scripture um to make the the worship service as a whole revolve around something i think doing it just those two ways or doing it just one or the other tends to leave us a little short-sighted short-sighted and it can kind of pigeonhole how we select songs and so um, I pulled this from a guy named Andy Rozier, and I was at a conference and got to talk with him about some of this stuff. And the way he described their song selections is absolutely incredible. Um, so we've kind of modified it, but it's what we use. And so I mentioned earlier, I, I put my songs into three categories. Um, and this is what we have, and this is what we want represented every Sunday. Um so if I look, I'm looking at our last week's planning now, the February 13th service, and I see all of these uh, represented and so first they have these songs they call get off the bus songs and uh basically the guy tells a story and he's talking about they're going to these um this like sightseeing place or whatever they've been on the bus for like two hours school bus you know garbage food bumpy ride tight spaces whatever and he said they get there and like i mean everybody's grumpy and you know you're about to go to this major sightseeing location for sarah and i we did this with the aztec ruins um In Mexico and it was the same thing a long bus ride garbage food whatever and um when you get there you're just kind of in a grumpy mood so they've got a tour guide that hops up gets everybody excited you know basically resets their mind to enjoy what they're about to do and that's where our get off the bus songs come in um you know parents come in and if you're a parent you know it's a fight sometimes to get the kids out the door in the morning um you know, maybe you had a rough morning, a bad night's sleep, or, you know, you got some stress in your life that is bleeding over into your worship service. Um, so our get off the bus songs are usually um, a little faster. They're upbeat a lot of times, but they, the goal is to get people excited, to get people in the frame of mind that they, they want to worship God. Um, the other type of song that's important to us, and these songs can have multiple categories. Most of them fall into to multiple ones, but Uh, testimony songs. So songs that remind us about what God has done for us individually, songs that remind us of what God has done for groups of people or us as a group. Um, So we want to sing those songs because they continually put uh, God into our minds as God, the provider and God, the restorer. Um, The final song is what we call a keyhole song. Um, So, you know, if you've got and we've got one door in our house, that's really old, that has a keyhole. And, you know, you got all these pictures of little kids looking at their Christmas presents through the keyhole in the door. And um, the idea for this came from Andy Rozier about um, basically being able to look and get a small look at the glimpse of Heaven's Throne Room. Um, Now, these are songs that for whatever reason, uh, sometimes it's the speed, the rhythm, the key we play them in, some of the instrumentation the lyrics, the feel of the song, or whether we just feel like it's the Holy Spirit, these songs tend to have a better reputation of giving us a glimpse into the throne room of God. Um, So it's basically a revelatory song of what heaven will be like. And we want these songs represented uh, because A, to get off the bus songs, we want people to be excited about why they're there. We want people to have a little less stress on a Sunday morning. Um, We want to make the worship service easy for them to be there. Um, a testimony song, again, we want to make sure we remember what God has done. And a keyhole or a revelatory song, we want to make sure that people know um, who God is and what it's like to be in God's presence. So those are my song selection thoughts. There you go, man. <laughs> All right. So there I, is more that goes on in this. Absolutely. Than think, I promise. you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, and we need to start wrapping this up because yes, we've yes. been going an hour already. Yes. But uh, I will say this. So what you're saying is. You don't just show up at church on Sunday morning and say, okay, we need four songs. Let's go with this and this and this one, this one, this one and we're done. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh all right, so uh all right, we've been talking about worship, lifestyle yep. worship, ch- corporate church worship, and worship leadership stuff. Yeah. And so um if you want on the worship leadership stuff. Uh Chris and I have been reading a book called Transforming Worship. And it's not about changing worship as much as it is about worship that transforms. Right. So um, and uh the uh this is what it looks like if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and it's by uh Rory Nolan. And uh I would recommend it. Now again, uh, I, I I don't agree with everything, but there's some food for thought in here. And and really the big word I'm about halfway through it and I would already recommend it. But, um, the, uh, the big word for me on this book is the word intentionality.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. He's really
1: driving home, regardless of your style, regardless of the type of music, your instruments, you know, whether you're very liturgical high church or very modern contemporary, contemporary and casual, uh, which that's the camp we're in. Um, the uh he's talking about okay how do you make for like a better ter- phrase or term how do you make that hour count every minute right you know what i'm saying every song every transition even from your announcements all the way to how you wrap it up and, and there's a lot of stuff he, he talks about i would recommend it it'll help you as a worship leader right. uh, or your worship team if that's something that uh, that you're at all right so this has been good this hour went by really yeah. quick I yeah, mean, it, it went did. fast. And so, um, and I hope it was a, uh, a blessing for other folks. And, uh, now for those who've made it this far into the podcast today, um, uh, um, we are entering into a series of podcasts. There's five of them, and we're going to be talking about the purposes of the church and, uh, which are worship, which we just talked about. And then we have some podcasts coming. We're going to do one on discipleship. We're going to, um, with Ben Schnipper. We're going to do one on evangelism with uh, Preston Thompson, a friend of ours. And then we're going to do one on uh, service with Kate Shaw. Uh, and then we're going to do one on fellowship, focusing on building relationships within the community of believers. And I'm uh, not sure who is going to be the guest on that one. But, uh, uh, but anyway, so over the next few podcasts, that's what we're going to be focusing on of these five purposes and uh, and how that Impacts our life. Well, all right, Chris, man. Thanks for taking us behind yeah. the scenes on that worship leadership stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm sure there were some folks out there who said, "I have never thought about that. I just didn't." Re-. And, and again, you didn't really talk about what you do during practice. You didn't talk about sure, sure. You know how you handle co- how you handle criticism you know, uh, with folks who criticize worship when it's too loud, too long, too short, you know, not the right oh. song. How can we don't sing this? How can we sing that over and over, you know, all that other stuff. And so, uh, every worship leader deals with it. Sure. Uh, sure. but, uh, all
0: right. Any last words, man, before we wrap it up? No, no, I'm going to get off of here and I'm going to finalize our March planning. And by finalize, I mean, send out a first draft <laughs> and then we do the rescheduling thing and we, we plan for practice next week. And so, yeah, that's what I'll be doing today. So. All right.
1: Well, until nice next stuff, time man. guys uh um well, I, I don't know what to say. See you next time. I don't know you, man. Yeah.
0: We'll see you on our next podcast. See yeah, see you next on our
1: next podcast.